informative, thought-provoking, factually correct. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to This Podcast is None of Those Things, starring Brian and Elliot. Coming to you from the Dirty Dina studio in Pasadena, Texas, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to episode five. That's right, number five of this podcast is None of Those Things. I'm Brian. With me is Elliot. We're recording via Zoom today because Elliot's stuck in Beaumont because we both have to work for a living. You guys haven't listened enough to let us uh, just do this full time. (laughs) But we're working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Tonight's going to be a, uh, we'll call it a special episode. It's a follow-up to our Steelers versus Browns preview from a couple weeks ago. And I think we're, I'm going to title this one, Brian Takes His Medicine. And I'm just going to let Elliot just let me have it for the performance of my Steelers. And the fact that his Browns have uh, gained the opportunity to get beat by the Bills next weekend. Now, we're not the Houston Oilers. Uh, we got bent so bad by the Bills, they left town. So when you're supposed to win, you win. Right, Steelers? Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, my bad. You know, oh. the, the song, I believe the song was two out of three ain't bad. How you face a team three times in a season and only beat them once? So most years I would ask you that question, only I would be like, how do you not beat them at all? But, you know, this year you got it. Well, yes, we sure did. Now, I think, and I think he's already uh, firmly admitted to this. That was that was on Ben. That was on Ben Roethlisberger because you know the Steelers spotted the Browns twenty-eight points in the first quarter. This might have been six just to start the game. Oh yeah, very first play. Like, here yeah, like, hey, we don't. We want to have the New Year off. You know what? This whole pandemic thing. Yeah, we're not about that life so you can go to the stadiums and you can match bodies and get sweat and slive all each other and get sick we call it a day you know when you know when when you know I, I grew up playing soccer that's a real man sport but the reality is that when you been you know I, I would think that if you do anything over 20 years you should be an expert at doing it especially if you're getting paid millions of dollars to do so so I just want to ask that center really why I mean, I was a Browns fan. I thank you, but like, man, you can't draw that one up. No one saw that. We didn't even see that coming. <laughs> the Steelers are a machine, like you know. Now I mean, be only really, I mean, they'll think that Pouncey was friends with Lord. Aaron Hernandez. But the dude that the way we're talking about, it's Aaron Hernandez that like killed somebody, then killed himself. Yeah, that Hernandez, that yep. the tight end that had a. Promising NFL career that blew it all away. Yeah. Literally. Oops. That too soon for some of y'all Patriots fans? My bad. You need Just to saying. get closer to your microphone. I never thought I'd say this, yeah. but Elliot, you're way too quiet. <laughs> Don't worry. I got my cranberry juice, the old man whiskey. <laughs> you should put real whiskey in. I'll get there. <laughs> nah, because I'm at a certain age. It's either one or the other. Not both. 
this drink is just as bitter as the tears that the Steelers fans were crying. Almost as bitter as the Cowboys fans' tears, but they're kind of like delusional. So every year is going to be their year, and then it's not. <laughs> you know, because at least the Steelers can say one thing. At least, at least Steelers fans can say, like, our team was, like, awesome this year. You know, at least looked awesome. So we, like, went in with a winning record. And we had to actually compete for it. But how do you have a losing record? How does the, the team that won the division have a losing record and you still don't pass them up? That is a mystery worth solving. And Jerry still and Jerry Jones is still happy. He he got his billions this year. I could bring you back on task. This is a this is literally an episode dedicated to you giving me shit about the Browns beating the Steelers, and you took it to the Cowboys. I do have, I know, you know what, before, like- before we turn back to where we're supposed to be, I saw a meme, uh-huh. I saw a meme that said um, the last time the uh, Browns won a playoff game, the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls. <laughs> so Until this year. Well, <laughs> and it, but that's what I'm saying. It's been that long. Yeah, wouldn't it be irony? Browns to get into get into the Super Bowl of the year that the Cowboys don't even compete for anything. I mean, I not know. really. When were the Cowboys at last good? Hold on, let me get my tea. Some more. Hold on. <laughs> you know, and I realized that made a mistake. The Ravens are the ones that are going to go get get beat by the Bills. That actually should be mm-hmm. a, a heck of a ball game. Yeah, the Browns down at the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the Browns got them the Chiefs. So Which, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing. Hey, look, no one counted us to beat the Steelers. No one saw that one coming already, so we're already on house money. That's <laughs> like, right. Yeah, as far as we're concerned, luck be the lady tonight. <laughs> Just saying. See it, Frankie. I will say, Steelers fans, you know what? I'm not really going to go all the way in because here's the reality. And I can speak this as an honest Browns fan. I mean, I'm going to be a Browns fan until I die. Like my great uncle, like my wonderful uncle, Butch Ramsey, you know, who was a, a Browns fan until he died. You know, he's in heaven right now talking to God. Like, you know what? I need to smile at my Browns. That's just how it is. But all that being said, though, the last... 30 years of my life really wasn't a rivalry <laughs> at all. Even when the Steelers were bad for the Steelers. I mean, with Corbell, I mean, Cordell Stewart as the quarterback, <laughs> the Browns still figured out a way to lose them. And, that, and you know, it was the Baltimore Ravens when the Browns finally left town and went to Baltimore and became the Ravens and they started winning. You know, some sort of juju that's over that Steve, that Pittsburgh nation has over Cleveland nation that we own you. And the reality is, we can't even don't have an argument. I mean, every year they've been in the playoffs. I don't remember the last time that they weren't. I really don't. Last probably year? because I'm older. And yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> but, you know, but here's the thing that was worse yet. We can, hey, look, but that's, but, but that's a better situation to be in Steelers fans than like not be able to remember the last time the Browns were actually in the playoffs, let alone win a game. You know what I'm saying? So 
it's all in perspective. It's all in perspective. I, like I told a younger man today at work, he said, you gotta own what you do. You gotta own what you are. You gotta own the words that come out of your mouth. You know, not just your actions, it's your words. Because actually, you know, when you're talking, that's an action. Your tongue is moving, your jaw is moving. That's, that's actually action. You're saying something. So I'm gonna enjoy the fact that we won. And chalk it up to the light shining on the dog's backside. <laughs> you know, dead clock's right twice a day. All right? So maybe, you know, it'll be right. So, so it was right once. That means the day's not over with yet. So there's one more time that it could be right. Right? So then Cleveland could win again. But see, then it comes to the monkey that's been on the Cleveland Browns back of getting to the AFC championship game, but never completing the deal. And that's really, as a Browns fan, we're holding our breath. Our butts get a little tight about that because each time that we were at that moment, it was just a, 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 a mistake here or a mistake there. Simple things that we could have won. We could have gone into the Super Bowl. But for some reason, it just, the ball didn't bounce that way. Right, Ernest Biner? I mean, he just had to fall on the ball. <laughs> and we, so, we win. That, I was, in, fact, in, fact, in, fact, in fact, that's that's the reason why I can't really roast that center too bad because at least it was like the ball was away from him, you know? You're throwing the ball away from him. Now, granted, it was still a boneheaded play, but still. I mean, because in Biden's case, and this is why he never lived it down with me, is that all you had, you dropped the ball on in the end zone. You just had to fall. You didn't have to be cute with it, trying to pick it up. You're 270 pounds. Fall. That's why they gave you the ball. I still think to this day they should have given the ball to Kevin Mack. But, hey, you know, I wasn't the coach. That was shot in Mack was a better... And was always better with his hands. He was a fullback. You were like one yard away. Give it to the big guy. Why? Because little guys can't do anything with big guys. When big guys start moving, we get out the way. And that's what Kevin Mack was known for. But they went with Biner. So I mean, that, that's, that's enough delving in the past. The reality is, when it gets down to it, if that center had not done what he did with the ball, that would mean at the end of the game, the Steelers would have been only down by one with like a minute or two left, which means that Ben would not have had to go all the way down the field to score a touchdown to win or to get contention. No, no, no. He would have just had to just get in field goal range, and the Steelers would have won. And that's the reality. Well, and that one play. You know, you say that, but it's even it's even bigger than that. Um, football is very much emotion and momentum that single bad snap on the first play of the game created so much momentum for the Browns that it really did lead to that 28 nothing lead after the first quarter so I can see that and you know Sunday night I was I was joining the chorus calling for heads I wanted Ben to retire and Tomlin run out of town. And as I sit and I think about it and I process how that game went down, I'm not so ready to take those heads anymore. Like I, I put my guillotine away. 
This is what I could see happening with your almighty Tomlin. If the Texans found their head right, they haven't, but if they did, I'd make a move for Tomlin. Get him to come down to the Texans. Okay, listen. Let him. Tomlin and Big Ben for JJ and Deshaun. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Lucas offer. If Tomlin's contract is up, we'll offer Lucas offer more money. His contract's not up. We'll give the Steelers the We'll give the Steelers the draft picks that O'Brien got <laughs> for DeAndre Hopkins. The, Steel- the Steelers don't want fifth-round picks. I know. The Steelers, and the Steelers are the one organization I can definitely say are stupid enough to take that deal. I can't say it about everybody. <laughs> I certainly can't. Hey, I certainly can't say that about the Houston Jackson because they're the ones that got that deal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can say the Browns wouldn't do wouldn't wouldn't make that deal. I like to know how the Browns knew that Carson Wentz was such damaged goods. I mean, that man is fragile. I mean, I, every, time, every time he plays, because you're a DJ, so go with me on this. Literally every time Carson Wentz touched the ball, I would think about that, that Sting song, Fragile. <laughs> like, how fragile we are. <laughs> like, he hikes the ball. He tries to run away. To elude all the linebackers and linemen that try to make him stay. He broke his soul. And his foot, too. I'll tell you, Eagles, what you're going to do. So <laughs> I, I feel like you need to stop singing before Sting sues us. Um, and and it won't be for using the song. It'll be for that rendition. <laughs> He's going to be like, dude, really? No, you owe me <laughs> money for butchering that song so badly. But I can do Sting. You can put, you can put, me, put, you put me doing a Sting song when you're doing the DJing. Now bring some feet to the dance floor. Yeah, as they run through the dance floor on their way to the exit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, right now it's like, you know, you know the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to quote this thing. We're talking about Tom Brady. If I ever lose my faith in you. Dear God, you know, what's hilarious <laughs> is that, one, your renditions of Sting songs, two... We 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 convened this special recording so that you could uh, you could give me shit, and you're uh-huh. just hitting you're just hitting literally everything else. It's like, but that, and, you and, know why? Hold on, I know why. It's why? because as a Browns fan, you're so traumatized that mm-hmm. you still don't believe it's real. You don't you believe you dreamed it? Yeah, and that's exactly right. <laughs> so you're waiting we're to wake up. We're normally sitting at home. Hey, look, we're normally sitting at home with the rest of y'all. At <laughs> 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 this time of the football season. I mean, we've gotten good at it. We had the dip ready. We had the sodas ready. We had the, you know, <laughs> you know, tailgating. 
ready, you know, with the rest of y'all. Like, hey, this is an awesome game. You know? Bake your head. Lulu and three progressive commercials uh, booked. I mean, I'm telling you. Baker cooked something up good. He lived up to his name. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like we're, in fact, we're, we're used to, at this point of the season, being over it all. I mean, that's what we've had. We've had 40 years of being over it. Literally, just over it. <laughs> Only to, like, we can't be over it. Because we're still in it. We're like, And we're not drunk. We're sober. This is a real deal. You might be the only sober Cleveland fan. I think yeah, they're all true. probably still partying in Cleveland. Well, man, is it one way to escape? Like, think about it. Being in Cleveland, I mean, there are a lot of folks that have to be stuck with, with people that they don't like inside a home because of the pandemic. I mean, it's one thing like you in L.A. or Houston or, you know, Miami or something like that. You know, you look out the window. It looks like it looks something nice, right? But when you in Cleveland... It's Cleveland. John Hogan River, like you, you get, the benefit is, is if, you, if it gets cold and, and, and gas isn't working, you can still light up the Cuyahoga River and heat up the whole city. And that's just how it is. But that, we, that's how we get our jollies. I think at least if you're in New York or LA or Chicago or Houston or Miami or somewhere like that, your football team, sports team for that matter, is in a town that is a vacation destination by itself. The sports team is just in addition to. Those cities also have notoriously not loyal fan bases. Like Miami Heat, yeah, they're but... in the playoffs a couple years back when it was the uh, super team version. They're in the playoffs, uh-huh. and the arena's half empty when the playoff game starts. And it's like, really? Well, I mean, it's Miami. Right. They, people were busy doing other stuff. Right. You know, your Cleveland's and your Pittsburgh's of the world. I mean, Pittsburgh's a cool city. And listen, I've had, I had fun in Cleveland, but there is not nearly as much to do, especially when it's cold out. Like, you're going to watch football. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, let's, let's face it. We had, we, we, we had our cold snap down here. Okay. Uh, we yeah. had our cold snap down here. Okay. But, but, but our idea, but the Houston, Southeast Texas idea of a cold snap, Ohio, people in Ohio and Pittsburgh laugh at that. Like, really? They literally do what grandma cold. did today. <laughs> I told her, I told her it got down to 32 last night. It got down to freezing. She goes, oh, well, we're hoping we get up to freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, all relative. Like Pittsburgh's but, high today was 26 degrees. Our mm-hmm. low was 32. And listen, I, I bought a little space heater. <laughs> and it's a nice little unit. I, I don't like this cold weather stuff. That's why I moved down here. Yeah, I know. But it's all, but the difference is also for those of y'all that are in Southeast Texas listening to us is that, see, the cold snap is just that a cold snap. Oh, yeah. It's going to be 60 degrees tomorrow. Cold month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not the same thing. We're, we're talking about living in Pittsburgh. You have to actually, like, get nervous when you're driving around the mountains because the Browns need it more than me, the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, Hey, can you, like, move your camera so that, one, your whole face is in the picture and 
to you right, speaking into the microphone. Hey, there you go. Is that better? Hold on. It was funny because every time yeah, you're so, moving around, you're you're bobbing and weaving, and your voice is getting quieter and louder and quieter and louder and quieter and louder as you right, move you know, around. <laughs> well, kind of like the you know, ebbing flowing like like the Browns this year. Are they gonna do it? No, maybe not. Are they gonna do it? No, no. Wait, they did something. They're doing something. <laughs> oh, they won the playoff game. But this is back to what we this were is the. This is the most depressing celebration ever. I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. Next, <laughs> this, when, the, when the playoffs resume next weekend, the Browns-Chiefs game is obviously the B card. The uh, The reality is is that the game that everybody wants to see is the one that we've been wanting to see for about 20 years. Well, you know, a game with some meaning between Drew Brees and Tom Brady. You got the, the two quarterbacks that are number one and number two in every major statistical category. It's one versus the other. They got both quarterbacks got quality wide receivers, you know, decent running backs. Even though I say that Saints got playing easily like one of like the top one of the top two running backs in the league in Kamara. Oh, but dear Tampa God, Bay yes. is bad. I mean, Tampa Bay is not bad. Tampa Bay is not bad at all. Um, but you know, so and you wanted to see the battle of number one and number two, who actually is the number one and who's actually the number two. That's what this is. It's like when Michael Jordan won his, went to his first uh, championship and it was just epic that it was against Magic Johnson. It was like, yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> like, Magic's been dominating the West forever and Michael finally had a chance, finally got his game right, made it to the finals. All right, so let's the, the best point guard versus the best shooting guard on the you know all of that. So now we got Brady versus Breeze, two guys, two quarterbacks. That if you're a wide receiver, you really wanted to play for one or the other because you know you're going to get the ball. It's going to be fun, right? Randy Moss, it would have been nice if you would have like came to that conclusion before you like kicked <laughs> out in the wing. But you can thank Antonio Brown for making us, making us forget how stupid. You were, because <laughs> all Antonio Brown had to do was show up, and that would have been fine. But no, he couldn't. He just couldn't. I, I you know, millions of making that type of multi-million dollar mistake. He needed to get his head slapped. I mean, just Antonio once. Brown. He caught at least one touchdown this past weekend. Well, wonderful for him. He has a shot of redemption. I don't I mean, know if he's gets redemption, but he might get another ring. Maybe, like, but I don't. I'm I don't sure think. I don't think the general opinion that he's a moron is going to go away with the Super Bowl ring. Oh, that'll never go away. And and I don't even know if moron's the right descriptor. It seems like something just flipped in him because this, like, all this bad behavior. Like his first uh-huh. five years, you didn't see any of it. Like he was team guy, mm. like a great teammate, you know, uh-huh. played hard, worked hard. And it's weird for a guy to be suddenly feeling his oats five, six years in. It's like usually you get that happening like year two if they had a stellar first year. I will say this much. this is, These are one of these many things, many reasons why – I don't feel like any of Jerry Rice's like career records are ever going to get broken because it has to be such magic 
for you to for the for a guy to do it right and then have the right attitude. Right. So that way they New people will still want to play. That's like I tell my son all the time. You get all the, you go to school, get the education, get the degrees. There'll be thousands of people with a degree. Um, but if people aren't willing to work with you, it won't matter. You know, you got a lot of these guys. You know, you got a uh, a lot of. I will grant you, they there have been wide receivers since Jerry Rice that were physically more imposing, physically way more gifted than him. But that, but all of those advantages that um, they had over him still didn't yield the success that he had. Well, and Jerry Rice um, had, had two things really going for him for all-time greatness. Longevity. Yeah, Joe Montana. Uh, he, had, he had a long career. And right. to top it off, he played with Joe Montana, then Steve Young, and then, even when he went to the Raiders, he had Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. Like, when Rich Gannon was playing MVP level. Right. He, he got – he won the quarterback draw of the career. Right. But I will say this, though. But there are a number of, no, a number of wide receivers that had similar draws, but they didn't capitalize on it the way that he did because he, he not, actually worked his tail off. Not with three in a row. I, yeah, no, I do not well, do not take me pointing these quarterbacks out as me saying that Jerry Rice didn't earn every yard and every catch he got. Do not take it like that. That dude was phenomenal and he put in the work. Yes, he did. But he he did get lucky. He didn't have <laughs> he didn't have Rich Gannon uh, the first five years where he was garbage, you know, uh, and like I said, I mean, just just going from Joe Montana, who some people still say was the goat, to I still Steve, say he's the goat, to Steve Young, who was also amazing, mm-hmm. and then you get run out of you get run out of town, or you become a cap casualty because you know, you know, they also they had To then, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah, and so, T.O. was supposed to be their future, right? So you get you get kind of sent packing because they're like, "Well, thank you, but we've got this other guy, and he's cheaper." And you know, and, and it happens. The NFL's a business, and he goes across the bay. The Raiders are like, "Hey, we'll take you in," and hey, we got this guy, Rich Gannon, and you know, it seems like it'll work real well. And then all of a sudden, it does. And the dude's right. just freaking money. Right. And, hey, your buddy Tim Brown's here too. So we're going to pair you guys up and just let this guy just go to town throwing to you guys. And they both, and both of those guys were getting like 100 receptions a year. I mean, that oh, was yeah. unheard of. Most of the time you hear like just one wide receiver getting 100 receptions on a team. But when you're getting like – that shows how quality – probably the, the, you know, the, the wide receivers that followed them were paying attention. Jay Rice and Tim Brown didn't drop footballs. Right. You throw the ball in the direction, it's getting caught. And it was the perfect nightmare, right? Because you had to because defenses couldn't double team. You had to like if you double team Jerry, that means you leave Tim Brown open. Right. And <laughs> you don't do that. You, had, you, you don't had, do that. You had a Hall ever. of Famer on each side. Like, who do you double? Right. You don't. <laughs> right. It's like you don't. 
Like you pray to God that you get Rod Woodson and Deion Sanders to be the cornerbacks. <laughs> but, you know, and but 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 that to happen, you know, Barry Sanders had to not shake Rod Woodson out of his shoes and blow out his knee. So, you know, <laughs> we all remember that. We still love you, Rod, but we all remember what happened. You be like an instant free safety. Yeah, right. I'll <laughs> make Richard that too. But you know, back to the whole deal though. The um the reason why, like, it all goes into then why I'm not all just wanting to go all in on the on the Browns and really just get the big head because I know this could all come to an end <laughs> next week. <laughs> so I guess we'll enjoy the moment. Like, yeah, we won maybe the Steelers two times in the season. That never happens. And not not just two times in the season, back to back weeks. And I had yeah. an excuse the first one. I don't have an excuse mm-hmm. for the second one. They just the Steelers did lose that game, but the Browns did a hell of a job winning that game. Yeah, they did. I mean, Baker earned his kind of thing, but isn't isn't this the following year of Baker's contract anyway? His rookie contract. I'm I mean, he's sure. been in the league like what three years now. So he I probably mean, so- has typical rookie deal is, I think, four years with a fifth year option. So this might be year okay. four, but I mean, well, I don't say think this there's way. any danger of not signing Baker. No, there's, there isn't any. So on to something else. Okay. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, I want to save this. And the reason I want to save this is because um, Saturday, I want to spend a lot of time on it. Okay. Um, well, and let me at least talk. Let me let me let me at least talk about the old man Goldberg. <laughs> All right, give me a little bit. Give me a little bit of okay. your old man Goldberg. Look, I get it. You want to look like it's you know you your your son's old enough to you want to do something because old enough the son's old enough to remember you being great. But the reality is, your son already sees you as great. All right, I mean, yes, his, his son really. If you have a dad, that dad in your life, and he's involved, invested, and I'm pretty sure Goldberg is exactly that. You don't have to run yourself ragged in the ring with a guy that you're old enough to be his daddy. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there was a lot of truth in Drew McIntyre's statement. Like, fighting you would be like fighting my dad. Like, you're right. And, and here's the thing. I don't None of anything that happens with gold because because WWE professional wrestling we all know it's scripted. Those moments that I that you know I was I was like in awe of Goldberg when I was younger. Those moments are, are just as real and it's, they're not invalidated with what he's doing now. The thing is, is that I think that and, and I'm not it's really not Goldberg's fault really because if someone's gonna offer you the money that that uh, WWE is offering for him to do this, I mean take the money. But I, I think that there has to be a point where you, as an industry, you move forward and like allow some of these other guys to make their own name. Goldberg can get trouble, say hello, and then be done with it. He doesn't have to get in the ring. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. Brock Lesnar's gone, so there's no point in having Goldberg because that was the buildup. 
I think guys that, I mean, a guy that can fill the void of Goldberg and Brock Lesnar-esque would be Bobby Lashley. I think, um, I think Drew McIntyre has finally come into his own. He's exciting. And doesn't nearly need the rub from a legend to be legitimate. None of these guys do. But I'm kind of glad that Drew didn't even wrestle Undertaker. I'm like, I was hoping that was not going to happen. I'm like, let Undertaker just go, please. Let, 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 let him just go. Let him go. Let him go. Let the Grim Reaper put himself to rest. Because what because I guess I don't know about you, but I got to the point with WWE, regardless of whether Undertaker stayed or or left, I was gonna watch it anyway. There's enough stuff going on within with them and in the industry in general that I just kinda I'm still interested. Right. But they got nothing to do. They got, but so and I say all this to like you now there's I think it would be a good rivalry. Between, I'm going to say Bobby Lashley, never again. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, U.S. champ versus world champ, and building up to that, I think that would actually be epic. Because Bobby Lashley has, like, unlike Goldberg, Bobby Lashley actually has wrestling still. He can do stuff. Right. It's, and he's big and strong. He's just as big and strong as Brock and Bill Goldberg ever was. But he can do, like, moves, legitimate moves. He's like a bigger version of, like, Kurt Angle. If Kurt Angle had Bobby Lashley's body, all the things that that man could have done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, Bobby Lashley would walk into the room and be like, how much do you want to drink? Whatever you want. And like, I have somebody like waiting on him hand and foot. <laughs> we do not want him getting angry because there's nobody in here that can stop him. At right. all. At all. In fact, and, and, and as fate would have it, we can't even outrun him. He will run us down like a cheetah on the, in the Serengeti. <laughs> like, like, how fair is that? That's that's like God having the ultimate joke. Like, oh, you think you're getting away? <laughs> yeah. And God's like, no. <laughs> you're coming to meet me. And he's who I'm sending to make that happen. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, my wrong? No. And so what's interesting is a lot of times the U.S. champ will win the title and then just lose and lose and lose. Like, they have a really bad habit in WWE of just taking momentum off of champions. Lashley, however, right. Lashley has not had that issue. He hasn't no, lost he hasn't. since he won that title. Now... I say that having not watched last night's episode of Raw. Here's, here's, here's what I can say about what you just said about Bobby Lashley and how they're treating him. It actually, in style, is very similar to when Lex Luger, those are, for those of y'all that are old enough, you know, Toe Package Lex Luger was a phenomenal athlete. Was hold a, on, hold on, you hold know, on. Like, you just said what? a phrase that I think defines everything you talk about. For those of you who are old enough. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So someday, subscribe. someday we... listeners, Elliot will like something that's new. I'm not sure when that day will be. I, well, I talk about Bobby Lashley. I like him. He's new. Um, He's been so, doing it for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, well. There's some, I, I like almost. I like almost. I do. 
I, I mean, I'm waiting for him to actually like. I think he I do just actually. stands there and looks imposing, like. And so here's the funny they, thing. I think. I think mm-hmm. We. So, what's funny is that you're small and I'm big, and you are obsessed with the big guys. You absolutely like well, you're de- hold on. Your deciding factor on if somebody should get a push is are they big? You you and Vince McMahon would get along great on that. Meanwhile, me, the no, big guy, I like all these small dudes who fly around the ring like <laughs> like I loved Yeah, they they I loved they the cruiserweights. I, I know, and it's hilarious because they're the ones who are more like to you. Uh, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not going to go around with Mike and all that mess. Um, I <laughs> I like, and the, the, I think we missed an opportunity. I think it was, it was a horrible camera shot because it was about a week or so ago. AJ Styles was about to get hit with a, with a chair shot or a guitar or whatever like that. And the announcers described how quick almost moved because and I can tell he moved quick because, like, he was, like, just there out of nowhere um, and kicked the guitar away. And um, and I was like, I wish y'all had had a better camera angle and showed us how quick that man moved to get into the ring to do what he just did. And then that was bad directing. I mean, you know. Um, um... Not really, because they wanted to show that he came out of nowhere. Like, so, I you find you find this Omo or Almo or whatever the heck is Elmo. You find him intriguing, Almo? fascinating. <clears throat> I am I not interested. I'm not interested in that dude at all. He just no. he just stands there like. Maybe if they'd have done something with him besides pair him up with AJ Styles, like I think that was uh-huh. that was poor. I think that well, the- AJ Styles is a former title holder. He's he's I want to say if he's not a Grand Slam champion, he probably will be before he leaves. Uh huh. He does not need a bodyguard. Even and and especially not a random bodyguard like <clears throat> like there was no and, and maybe part of this is I'm still mad that they cut the Good Brothers and because <laughs> the Good Brothers weren't that good um, um except that they were and they went to Impact and won the tag title there they they've won and been good everywhere they went. And this is really, this is really where wrestling fans get upset with Vincent Kennedy McMahon, in that they he takes these acts that are over worldwide, literally worldwide, uh-huh. and he kind of ruins them, like like Gallows and Anderson. They they didn't need to do some of the stupid jokes they did. Like, let these guys be the badasses that they were in Japan and Mexico and Ring of Honor and 
and now back in Impact, like let them be the badasses they are. You know, right? And I didn't, I didn't hate them doing some comedy, like let them talk smack, let them make fun of people or something, but. Some of the stuff they wrote for those guys, I was like, holy cow, Vince McMahon is a 12-year-old. Which we all know, he he writes 12-year-old humor. <laughs> like, Yeah, remember the Adjutant era? How many, how many bikini contests did we see? Oh, God, no, at least, <laughs> at least at that point, Vince was like 16. Like, he was just <laughs> over... He was just an oversexed, ridiculous idiot. But since then, he has essentially written his product for 12-year-olds. Yeah. The humor, the humor is terrible. Man, I'm going to be really critical of something that I really enjoy. The good guy versus bad guy is just so obvious most of the time. Uh-huh. Now, the last couple years, there've been some. You know, there's always been some good in what in what happens. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, nobody like everybody would have bailed. Like WWE would be like TNA is. Sick. Like, it wouldn't be worth anything. You know, I mean, Roman turning heel was very good. Yeah, that that has been very good and. You know, he has such a ridiculously talented roster at this point Mm -hmm. that he needs to use said roster. Goldberg, there's no reason for Goldberg to come back. No. There is none. They have to, I think there's a a short-term versus long-term disconnect. There is. And I guess we're getting into this tonight and not hitting it as hard on Saturday. <laughs> but, you know, um, here's, here's the thing. Goldberg's a draw, sure. But he's not a long-term yeah. solution. No, it's not. But let me say this, though. I think it'd be better for WWE if they just to have Vince McMahon as an emeritus and not and no longer on, like, the operational controls that he's on. Well, the problem is Vince still has the ownership, and it's still his company. Nobody gets nobody gets to tell him to pack it in. Like even the board of the company, like they could be like, "Okay, Vince, it's time for you to retire," and he'll be like, "Um, "No, it's not. It's time for all of you to retire." I'm Vincent Kennedy, freaking McMahon. Yeah, I do what I is. want. This is my deal. But I think he, at some point, he has to be wise enough to. Uh... I mean, granted, look, it's, <laughs> hey, granted, it's his baby. He, he he built it. He can do what he wants. That's fine. At some point, though, there has to be a willingness to be an emeritus type. You know what I mean? Oh, you like, think where? I mean, because because there's plenty of t- talk about. Talk, Talk about the talent that's on the that's, that's in the ring. There's talent behind the scenes that and storylines that can be written and done because he's, he's so hell bent on doing it his way. I'm like, in a way, he's kind of like Jerry Jones. You can let the pros that you're paying good money for do it and step back 
or you can put your hands on it and mess it up. I could go to Grand Lux and look, look, I'm making, I, in my opinion, I make a good pancake, right? But I don't do it like Grand Lux makes a good pancake, okay? Now, I can go to Grand Lux, order some pancakes, right? For their chef to do what he does. Or I go and I do that and I pay for him to do that, but then I go into the kitchen and I start doing what I'm paying him to do. That's a waste of time. <laughs> I love you, Vince. I really do. I love you. I think that what you've done, you're you're a real American, you know, testimony rising from where you came from to make what you make the life that you made for yourself. That like, and I'm and far be it for me to say that you should give up or let go of what you have built. I'm just saying that what is the long term plan for what you're trying to do? I mean, well, got, that's the thing. I think he Triple H has a Triple H has a great mind for it. You can just look at NXT and see that. And NXT tells long-term stories. And part of that is NXT has two hours a week to tell their stories. Whereas uh-huh. the main roster has three hours on Raw and three hours on SmackDown. Or not three, but two hours on SmackDown. So he's got to fill five hours of TV versus... Triple H filling too. And there's a lot of pay-per-view to pay-per-view storytelling. You know, right. the last the last really good Kofi Mania was good last year. Uh-huh. That wasn't that wasn't last year, that was two years ago, wasn't it? No, that was last yeah. year. No, it was two years ago. Because we were at the mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber match. The Daniel Bryan story they told a few years ago was great. And they let it yeah, it took a few months to tell that story, and they let it do that. It wasn't just a single pay per view, and right. that's that's really, I think, the big thing that needs to happen is that you have to tell a story Agreed. that keeps that keeps people wanting to come back. Right, you know, they're doing a good job with Roman right now, but now the story, like with Adam Pierce getting the title shot at the Rumble because of Roman's cheating and he just wants to beat up Adam Pierce for shits and giggles and so he doesn't right. have to so he doesn't have to fight somebody that is you know he doesn't have to fight Shinsuke or Daniel Bryan or any of those guys mm-hmm. you know it fits with his character right and I don't want to pass judgment on it just yet but no I also don't really want to watch Roman take on Adam Pierce at a pay-per-view. No. Now, the good news is it's the Rumble. So in all reality, the the matches at the Rumble that aren't the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. they can be forgettable. I mean, that didn't happen last year. Last year was very good. I mean that we were we were there and Becky Lynch yep. and Oscar put on a show. Yes, they did. I mean, there Mm -hmm. were good matches on the card beside the Rumble matches themselves. As a matter of fact, last year, the men's Rumble was a dud because it was that whole Mm -hmm. story of Brock Lesnar just beating the crap out of everybody. And I feel like for me to get my feelings out about Brock Lesnar, we'll have to dedicate a full hour to that. (laughs) Right? Now... Now let me let, 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 let me throw some let me throw another curveball out because I know we want to have some more wrestling discussion on the weekend. 
we we be remiss to not talk about the national championship yesterday. Okay. Yeah. You know, Woo-hoo, forget you Alabama, go, you go won it out. again. Yeah. So now you got you know Nick Saban being the college version of Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> he has a ring for his. He has a jewel for each finger. Metal Gavin have a have an infinity comment. I mean, he's got seven now. Six with uh-huh. Bama, one with LSU. It's ridiculous. Somebody tried to argue with me about Ohio State even being in the playoff. They were all heated about the fact that Ohio State played six games. And, okay, well, they played what they could. They did what they they were supposed to do. And my thought was, well, I was a little bit on the fence about it before Ohio State just clobbered Clemson. Right. And I don't think Ohio State's a bad team. They're certainly better than what they looked last night. But Alabama is just that good. You had three of the five Heisman finalists on the Alabama offense, including the winner. How do you stop that? Like, there's a reason you these guys. There's a reason these guys were up for the Heisman. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama is that place where if you're a five-star blue chip recruit, you're still going to sit because the guy in front of you is also a five-star blue chip recruit. It's right. one of those things. Winning breeds winning. Alabama is just so dominant. Like, and and I don't want to take away from Nick Saban's job as coach as a coach, you know. But I feel like I could have coached that group. I mean, they're just they're just insane talent wise. You know, people have joked about well, Alabama could beat the worst NFL team, you know, in years past. No, they can't. They can't, but I tell you what, that that team that rolled out last night, I think they might have been able to take the Jets down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they were dominant. It was insane. And Ohio State did lose their running back like early in the game. Um, I believe his name's Trey Sermon, yeah. and that dude was money. He got yeah. hurt early in the game, and that did not help them one bit. Justin oh, Fields no. pretty much sealed his fate. He'll be going to the Jets. After that, after that beatdown of Clemson, people were talking about, well, maybe he'll go to Jacksonville first. And right. I think I think that game kind of said, okay, well, Fields, you're, you're good and all, and you're definitely still a first-rounder, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go back to taking Trevor Lawrence. Now, the guy that I don't right. think gets any love is Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback. Like, they're talking about him being a late well, first or, or a second-round pick, and I'm like, the dude just ran one of the best offenses you've ever seen in college football, was a Heisman finalist. Yeah, but- like. How is he not first-round talent? Because name a good quarterback that's come out of Alabama. Well, and that's the they, other they, thing. They, there were plenty of characters. Well, I'm just saying. Look at it. I mean, like, look at Usually that you know that the quarterback in Alabama is going to be merely okay. But this year is not the case. Yep. And also, what about Tua? Tua and Jalen Hurts, both okay, what former about- Alabama guys. That are now starters in the league. Uh, 
You just said name an Alabama quarterback that was worth anything. I just named two. They haven't proven that they're worth anything. They, they, they were good for a moment. Eli Manning was good for a moment. Doesn't mean that he was great. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I will not be prisoner at the moment. No, no, no. We'll talk. We'll, we'll revisit them after three years. Right. <laughs> All right. Like, let's let's not. Let's like not do that. But well, we might see a lot of Tua if uh, if uh, Texans pull off a trade with the Dolphins. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen though. I don't either. I think it it would be silly. If I'm the Dolphins, I don't take it. While Watson is good and established, he's expensive. He just signed a big deal. Yeah. And Watson's gonna have to do Watson's gonna have to shut up because you knew who you were signing the con the contract extension to. You knew. You knew. Okay, and you did it anyway. That's what it is. You were a free you were a free agent. Could have opted to go anywhere. You chose to be signed with the Texans, and that's what it is, right? I'd love to be at a place that I don't like and get paid twenty million a year. Well, he wasn't a free agent; like he signed the extension before his contract ran out. But hold on, though. That means that this this podcast was none of those things. <laughs> you're trying to be all like, yeah, but if we want that's, ESPN, they can get you. That's true. That's like, true. I should have just let you be like, factually incorrect and let it go. <laughs> you can't get out of your own way. <laughs> Trust me, I'm sure. I'm sure that there are multiple instances in the previous hour we've been talking. That were incorrect. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we'll continue being incorrect. <laughs> you have any parting shots on the on behalf of the Cleveland Browns? I'm not gonna that, lie, I'm disappointed in your crowing. Well, you're, 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 more, you know your Browns trauma is so real. Yeah, it is. If you're a Browns fan late at this time of year. There's more interest that you're worried. You're thinking about the. You're not thinking about the Super Bowl. You're thinking about the toilet bowl. I think this one. Uh, this one's already run its course. Let me do. Let me do this. Thanks for listening to episode five of this podcast. Is none of those things. We're going to turn around and record again in a couple days. So, hope you come back for that one, and we'll cover a little non-sports and non-wrestling stuff in the next episode as well. All right, everybody, there it is. Episode 5 is in the books. Make sure to stay tuned for Episode 6. We are on Anchor. We're also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public. And make sure to follow us on Facebook. This podcast is none of those things. And check us out on Twitter. It is at this underscore those. We'll see you next time.